What's up, folks? This is Justin, and you are listening to the Welcome to Your Doom Show. This is episode number 46, and Uthel and I are talking about a plethora of topics. We revisit some of the allegedly dumb decisions that Star-Lord made in Infinity War, and we kind of somehow, some way, I still don't understand how, talk about Richard Gere. You just got to listen to the episode. We go hell off the rails on this one. As always, thanks for listening. You can find us pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. I guess if you're listening to this, you already know where to get it. Um, We're also at YouTube at youtube.com slash welcome to your doom. And our website is welcome to your doom show.com. And you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash welcome to your doom show. If you go to welcome to your doom, there's some weird guy there. Yeah, we found that out the hard way. Anyways, let's start the episode. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to your doom. You know what's funny is I Tarana. don't think anybody actually realized that until Argo. I didn't. I didn't either, but I, I knew really. that's how I pronounced it. Yeah. As I soon as not. he said that, I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> I do do that, yeah. Ben Affleck for the win. Yeah. God yeah. damn it. Uh, what's up, folks? This is Justin. This is Uttal. And this is another episode of the Welcome to Your Doom show. Welcome. Um, what are we going to talk about today? A smattering. A s- what? A smattering of topics. What the fuck is a smattering? I, you know, like a little of this, a little of that. It's like a like a, like a Jackson Pollock of a podcast. I don't yeah. like that description. Now, <laughs> uh, we were talking about me, me and a guy at work. Uh, I said to him something about a pack of gerbils. And we actually looked up what a group of gerbils would be. It's called a Richard Gear. No, it's not. It's just a group. But what would you call a pack of gerbils? What? Richard Gear. A Richard Gear? I'd call it a Richard Gear. You, you, you know the story about Richard Oh, Gere, I know right? about the oh, yeah. story. Yeah. The, the rumor or potentially. Oh, I, I take it as... Uh, <laughs> He's got a cold, hamster wheel in there by now. <laughs> cold, hard facts, my friend. <laughs> that is a cold, hard fact. Oh, my that God. That man had one or more gerbils. So you're basically saying that he's like a gerbil motel. Yeah. It's they can check in, but they don't check out. <laughs> he's, like, he's like the Hotel California for <laughs> gerbils. Oh, oh, man. I'm sorry, Richard Gere. Um, he's, a good, he's a good actor, though. He's fantastic, yeah. man. He is fantastic. <laughs> it's not even him. You know those? You know, you know that uh, You know that character from... Um, Men in Black? No, but that's also a good, that's also a good one. Uh, no, uh, from uh, Constantine. Uh, there's the one demon that's made up of bugs. Oh yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, just yeah, kind yeah. of like in this cloak and hiding. Um, I just picture that that's just Richard Gere right now. He's not <laughs> made up he's of just gerbils. A skin, he's just a skin sack, and there's like a thousand gerbils inside running I, the I, show. I was picturing more like the guys in Men in Black that live inside of the people's faces. Oh so yeah. So when they're in the morgue, they open up, and then there's just a gerbil inside controlling <laughs> Richard Gere. Like uh, the hamster wheel is broke. Though, <laughs> no, no, I, I'm going with the more disgusting sort of. Thousand. He's not even Richard Gere anymore. He's just made up of thousands of gerbils. I don't think that's l- more. Le- I don't think that's more disgusting. I think it's th- that's less disgusting because it's taking it into like a mythical creature type of territory. That he is this actual type of 
creature that is just made of a sentient group of gerbils where listen there's to, one hive mind. Listen to what you just said. Right. That no. is the most terrifying thing I've ever heard. I, I, terrifying, sentient, yes. Sentient yeah. gerbils with hive mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is scary. Listen, you're scared. You've scared But what's me. more gross is a gerbil crawling up the Richard Gere leg and going in its ass and then crawling all the way up to the face and that's where the control center is. To me, that's just a little less anti-scary. Do you have a control center in your face? It's I already don't. there? I don't. Mine's my brain. It doesn't work so good. <laughs> He's just like teabagging his brain the entire time. Controlling him. Anyway. That's how he gets him to jump. He just teabags his brain. <laughs> Anyways. Well, that took a strange turn. Yeah. Anyway, um, so what's a group of gerbils called? A group. It's just called a group? It's just called a group. That was. I'm glad we talked about Richard Gere because that was really, really anticlimactic. Well, I was, I, you know what? I would have tried to think of something funnier, but I think that we went in a good tangent there. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, First thing I want to do is jump into some corrections from the last episode. Lay it on uh, me. What do yeah, we got? So uh, uh, a, few, a few corrections, mostly from me because you guys were running circles around me, around the Marvel, um, hmm. a Marvel canon this is from the Spider-Man uh, uh Far From Home episode. I have a correction too, actually. I noticed yeah. when I was editing. So, uh, one of the things is I was uh, I was mentioning a Marvel... We were talking about where, you know, what story Marvel could tell as sort of a joint story next. And I had mentioned a series where there were hammers falling from Asgard and heroes and villains were picking up the hammers on Earth. Um, and uh, I couldn't remember the name. And that's not really the, the synopsis of the story, but the, the, the what I was referencing was the event series called... Um, uh, oh my God! Fear itself, mm. written by Matt Fraction. Uh, it seems like the response, the critical response to that, wasn't so hot. I've never, I've always wanted to read it. I've never, I've never actually read it. Um, but yeah, it's there's a, there's a fear Asgardian fear god that's sort of dropping some of these hammers and picking up uh, their own army. Um, and the hammers obviously have a sort of evil bent to them. So anyone who picks it up, I think the thing picks one up. I think Juggernaut picks one up. Like. So the images I saw were all really great. The art looks really great because all of these crazy cool designs for all of the Marvel, all of these Marvel heroes that um, it's it's sort of, when I look at images like that, I love that kind of stuff because it's kind of the equivalent of like sort of the Green Lantern, Blackest Night thing where uh, the green, like the different colored rings, like the Sinestro ring and the and the Avarice, the orange ring and the Green Lantern, they all deputize a bunch of heroes on Earth. So you get to see... A bunch of like the fear ring, for example, Sinestro's ring duplicates right. itself and deputizes the 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 one character that can uh, induce great fear and it finds Scarecrow. Yeah, and so like I love watching stuff like that because you're kind of merging these two mythologies just to see what it looks like. So this story kind of has that, at least from a visual standpoint. I was reading that people didn't really like it all that much, but I think I might give it a go just because the visuals are so strong. So that's the first one. It's called um, Fear Itself, um, which I. I couldn't muster in the last episode. Uh, and uh, I also mentioned uh, uh, the, the villain in Blade 2. I said Novak. Isn't that what? It's Nomak. Oh, I really? Yeah, I haven't seen that movie. It has been a while. I watched that movie like a hundred times and then I haven't seen it in years. So, yeah, um, right. so it's actually, when I was listening to the podcast again, when you were sending me some edits, I heard Novak. I'm like, shit, that doesn't sound right. And uh, yeah, so it's it's Nomak. No, you're right. Yeah, it's funny when you say it now. I didn't catch it during the podcast right. at all. I was like, yeah, yeah. And then now that you say it, I was like, oh fuck, yeah, yeah. you're right. Because we all thought that was the name when yes. I said it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I, I think it's been a long time since any of us had seen it. 
So, yeah, those are the two corrections that jumped to mind. Did you have any other ones? Well, to your first point, um, Matt Fraction did a run on Hawkeye. Hawkeye. That was fucking awesome. Did you read I, ha- it? I have it. Shug- Shugu bought it. it. Yeah, 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 she bought it. It's at home. Yeah, it's him basically it looks super the, against cool. the Armenian mob. And, like, some <laughs> big, like, it's hilarious. There's, like, these tracksuit gangsters that are, like, kicking people out of the building he lives in. So he yeah. ends up buying the building because I can't remember how, but he's got tons of money. Tons of money, yeah. And then there's so also basically, super... Oliver Queen now, sort of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except he's just living in a slummy area, yeah, kind of. Yeah. And um, but then there's also some stuff going on with like the kingpin and like some of the big bosses that run yeah. like New York. Yeah. Um. So I, it, it's just such a great run, and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that like seems like throwaway content early on in the series mm. that comes back in a big way towards. Is it the just end. one trade? Is it only six or seven issues, I or is it like 12. thirty? I think oh, okay. it's twelve. I don't think it's thirty. Okay. Um. So yeah, I yeah. I I, I, I have that sitting on my shelf somewhere. Give it a read. It's I worth haven't it. yeah I haven't read it yet. The art looks really great too. It's nice. Um, it's very nice. Very clean. I can't remember who does that art. It is. A, oh, I can't remember. I can't remember. But, off uh, my head. I can look it up later. But uh, but yeah, no, Shugu really liked it. So I think I I might try and, and I might take a look at that as well. Yeah, so. my, my buddy Matt's the guy that turned me on to it. I think I was reading it while I was going through Southeast Asia, which was. Fucking... Is his last name Fraction? No. Okay. <laughs> It's like, hey man, you should check this book out. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Oh, written by you. He's actually a really good artist too. I should maybe I'll, I'll your talk buddy or Matt? Matt. Matt. Okay. I don't know. If, sorry, Matt, my buddy. Okay, your buddy. Um, I'll talk. We should, to him. we should go by last names now. Um, I, I'm not going to throw out his last name. Yet, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I'll ask that's him true. if he wants to be featured in the show notes. So yeah. <laughs> um, if he wants to, I'll throw his, his Instagram stuff in there because he's um, quite good. He's very good at some of the stuff he does. Cool. Like um, uh, Fraction, Matt Fraction is a name that you won't soon forget. So no, I feel like that's that really no, does stand out. No. So yeah, I want to give that a read. The other correction I wanted to say was I was talking a lot about the Eternals and how they impregnate planets, and that's yeah. where they—that's the Celestials. I don't know what the Eternals are. I didn't do the research, <laughs> and I don't care to. I'll, I'll, I'll let Marvel Oopsies. tell me what it is. But the Celestials are the—they were—they were featured in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. They're the ones that had that power stone and were destroying planets. Basically, there's like a very small cutscene of them in, in when. Um, it sounds like they're going around like date raping planets. They kind of are. They're just like the date, the like cosmic date rape. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, the the planets really don't have a say in the matter. No, they they just kind of show up and they're like, "Well, you." But at least that. I mean, I don't. I don't know if that's in the mainstream comic con- continuity. This was in the the trade Marvels. Quick correction to my correction. The book I was talking about was actually Earth X. Alex Ross did the story, the character designs, and a bunch of the covers. And the story in the script was done by Jim Kruger and pencils by John Paul Leon. Leon. Leon? Leon? I'm going to say Leon. And then Marvels was actually done by Kurt Busiek and was completely illustrated by Alex Ross. The one I was talking about was EarthX and not Marvels. Anyways, back to the show. The one. Um, oh, I, th- that I think was... it's an Elseworlds story. Yes, I do. Yeah, I yeah. think so. So I, I don't think Marvels know... is an Elseworlds story. Yeah. yeah, it definitely is. I don't know if that type of behavior is common amongst the Celestials in the main in the main line now. In they the ask first in the main line. I mean, in this day and age, yeah. they should. Yeah. Um, I guess in any. Can you imagine a Celestial should. getting me tooed? <laughs> anyway, I don't know uh, why. Anyways, I don't know why. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to bring up? So Titans two, there's a trailer that they just dropped a few days ago. Oh uh, yeah, season two, season two, not yep. Titans two, um, Titans season two. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much we went into detail on Titans in general. We kind of speculated about the trailer yeah. and stuff. Yeah. You ended up liking it. I 
thought it was kind of throwaway. There were some cool moments. Yeah, I I liked it because, and this is one of those cases where I kind of, I set my, my expectations were not high for the show. Mm. Um, after seeing that trailer, I just wasn't into it. I wasn't into the whole, you know, the swearing, the violence. Like, I wasn't, I was just like, this is a weird way to go. Yeah. Especially with all of the bad press DC films had been getting up until that point. Yeah. While I think kind of like ham-fisted in their approach to um, criticizing the DC movies in general, like saying that, oh, it's too dark and grim dark and everyone's just like using these buzzwords all the time. I think that's simplifying what the problems are with that, with that DC universe a little bit. But to go and double down on your new show that's supposed to basically launch your streaming service and basically double drown on all of that, mm. all of those buzzwords just seemed like the wrong thing to do Yeah, from my perspective. And I just wasn't into it, but I threw it, it showed up on Netflix. So I threw it on and actually I was entertained. I actually kind of, I kind of enjoyed it yeah. and, and I still haven't seen Doom Patrol and still haven't seen Swamp Thing yet. Um, but those two shows I am 100% in for. I really, really, really want to watch them. Me too. Um, there's some interesting stuff with Titans. It's not being dark and gritty just for the purposes of being dark and gritty. I think that uh, Dick Grayson's arc, there's a, there is an arc there for a lot of the characters. It's not just like... It is actually an interesting examination, mm. I think. Whereas I think that the examination of of Superman and like Batman versus Superman was just kind of like nonsensical. Like mm-hmm. in, from my perspective. Where, but this... I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. Like his relationship with Bruce, and like in the the last episode, I really liked the last. I won't ruin it for anyone, but I did like the what they did with the last episode and the branching stories and stuff like that. Sorry, not branching stories. I won't even mention it. Right, I don't want right, right. to spoil it. But but yeah, no, I did I did enjoy it. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's like the great great uh, the you know uh, 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 like a, an amazing TV show that everybody needs to watch, but I was pleasantly surprised with what they did. See, my my problem was that I couldn't really latch onto any characters that I really appreciated very much. Robin had his cool moments. Everybody kind of had their cool moments. Yeah. Starfire I found kind of annoying a lot of the time. I don't um, know why. I can't really put my finger on it. I'd have to rewatch it. And keep in mind, this was something I didn't give the full sit down and watch every episode. A lot of it was in passing. Yeah. Um, Hawk and Dove. I Oh, Dove. Oh. She's gorgeous. Um, so dreamy. I was uh, I was super sad with what they did with her character. Yeah, it could have been done better. But I wouldn't even done better. I just wanted her in the show more. <laughs> yeah. That's, what I mean. that, that's why it would have been a better show. Um, oh, my God. She, yeah, she's definitely a looker. Yeah. Um, but, like, I don't know. Even, like, their relationship and the, the Hawk and Dove relationship just seemed too strained. Like, there was... I guess I actually liked I liked that I liked but, the but it relationship. Seemed like every seemed relationship rocky. in this entire show was oh, strained yeah. all the time. Oh yeah, no one liked anybody. Yeah, ever except is, for the Doom Patrol. That's it, <laughs> and which was a really good episode. That was the best episode they had. <laughs> the Doom, in my opinion, and I think I told you that. I'm yeah, like, yeah, there's one true. episode you have to watch. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything, but the Doom Patrol's in it. Granted, the episode's called Doom Patrol. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But the Um, most jarring thing in that is the guy that plays the professor, whatever that character's name is. Yeah, did they recast him? Yeah, well, I think so. I don't know. It's Timothy Dalton now that's playing him in this series. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it is. I just don't know if it's the same professor. Maybe they have a a reason for doing that. Maybe, maybe. Like, they might have a reason for doing that. But... uh, 
But no, I you know I liked Beast Boy. I liked I yes. liked what they did with Raven because Raven has actually always been like that in the comics. She's always been struggling with like her demonic roots. Yep. Uh, but I think you know they've done that in the TV movie that uh, Titans go versus no. well I think you know every show oh, every oh. incarnation but Titans versus Justice League yes yeah the animated movie um yeah no I was just plus you know what I I actually really enjoyed the the horror overtones of the show I think that's why I enjoyed it because there because that show actually has a lot of these horror overtones especially with the the crazy like soldier family. Like the family, yes, the yeah. family unit that's yeah. kind of going after them and chasing them down. I'm like, this is great. Like, I didn't expect any of that. No, they like, were, oh, they were su- cool. It was like super them. weird. You know, and you know why we like them? Because they had a dynamic between them. They actually got along in some respect. Nobody else did. They were. <laughs> they, were they got along so well that it was it was uh, dark. It was it was it was unsettling. Yeah, I can see that. There was kind of like this nuclear 50s commercial American family. That's yes. kind of what it felt like. Right. But then they'd go in and just... Get along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'd go in and get along with each other like crazy and gut some people while they're at it. So I, w- I, I think that maybe also added to my enjoyment yeah. of, of, of the show. Um, I think the thing that makes me most excited about season two is... The thing that I said I keep saying was missing was any type of dynamic or relationship with anybody looks to be there now. You're seeing some smiles. You're seeing yeah, everybody yeah. kind of working together in yeah. some respect. So yeah. it looks kind of cool, man. I'm, I'm, I'm. Did you see? Uh, oh, and I can't remember his name, but the actress, uh, the actress playing Bruce. Yeah, looks so good. I think old. he looks great. He looks too old. Oh no, he looks capable. He looks capable, old and capable. He does not look capable. He does. He <laughs> not does. Even you know who doesn't look capable? Who? 90s Samuel L. Jackson in Captain Marvel. He doesn't look capable, even though he's been de-aged. This man looks his age and looks ten times more capable than You're Sam You're going to tell me that Sam Jackson, even de-aged, even not de-aged. Have you seen... I'd like you to go, I don't know if you go on YouTube or whatever, and just watch a scene from Captain Marvel of Sam Jackson running. He can't, he's not even, like when he's get, like he's playing with the cat. Yeah. In the movie. And then he goes to get up. I can hear every bone breaking in his body. Standing up. Okay. He's like... he is He is... Like, he's got his hands on his knees. He's squatting. But when he goes to get up, he really... He's really got to push off those knees to get up. It's 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 obvious that an older person... They've slapped on a face. Uh-huh. Onto a really old person. All you've seen of the guy playing Batman is him walking forward. <laughs> no, no. Well, no, but uh, he's on Game of Thrones. And he plays. Uh, he plays a knight, and he does all of. He, like he's he's capable. Like ah, in that. okay. Oh, absolutely. I'd have to he's see capable. it. I'd have to see it. Yeah. So like he's definitely capable. He he's just playing looks old as dirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's kind of the idea. You get those people. Like it's like you know Clint Eastwood. Yeah. You know he looks much older than he actually. He was born like with the face he's got right now. Yeah. Basically, right. But like he's a, he's still able to do a lot of like the the stunt work from early in his career and he still looks he still looks old which right? I've got a weird tangent for you so a long time ago not a long time ago a little while ago I watched one of his older movies so he was younger in it as soon as I saw him I'm like this dude is a spitting image of like a young Hugh Jackman if you look at the two of them you'll see maybe some similarities oh really well on Instagram the other day Hugh Jackman did the fucking the old person filter thing he looks like Glenn Eastwood identical <laughs> frighteningly so yeah he just so. gave his face to some Russian 
tech team or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You shouldn't be doing nah. that. Nah. Guys, don't be doing that. Don't fall for that shit. Everybody that's listening might have fallen for that, except for maybe my brother, because he won't go into a fad. No. He refuses. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't either, but my face got submitted. So it really doesn't matter if it's from me or... I'm sure someone... Sorry, Mike, but... Someone's has submitted your face. I think they probably have. Yeah. They Somebody submitted it all mine. over your face. There's nothing you can do oh, about it. Oh, dear. Um, the Russians got you. But, uh, but, but yeah, um, that's interesting. Yeah. But back to the fact that this guy is a dope Bruce Wayne. He looks great. And pl- the reason I'm saying he's physically capable is strictly from what I've seen from Game of Thrones. Fair enough. So um, I think he's, per- he's perfectly cast in this, in this role. Um, I'm going to get the actor's name. But but uh, the costumes, I don't know if you saw, like, Starfire has a more comic accurate, accurate costume. Um, Deathstroke is in it. Yeah. Um, Looks and uh, Deathstroke's daughter. Ooh, what's her name? I was about to say Avarice. It's not Avarice. Ravage. Ravager. Ravager. Ravager? Okay. Yeah, I think that's her name. Ravager is in, in it. Um, I, I, I am? In Glenn. Yeah. Why does he spell it this way? It's I-A-I-N. I don't know. I don't even want to go there. No. I'm getting Jimon Hansu vibes from Jimin. this guy's Jamin. Jamin. I'm just going to say it how I say it. Okay. That's Jamin. it. I refuse to learn anything. But uh, but yeah, no, he look, he looks good. Uh, so yeah, no, uh, the trailer looks interesting, although it doesn't really hint at how they're going to handle the cliffhanger ending of the first season. At all. They they just jump right into yeah, like, like uh, season two stuff. Yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some cool stuff. So that looks interesting. Um, you know what's even more interesting? What's that? Let's talk about... Crisis on Infinite Earths, the uh, CW crossover that's coming up. There's a rumor, I don't know if it's been substantiated, but that tit- the Titans from the show, which is from a completely separate DC streaming service, are going to make an appearance on the Crisis on Infinite Earths CW crossover. Really? Which I'm like, this is exactly what this type of crossover is meant for. Absolutely. Right? It's meant, it's meant for that. And I think that, that would... So I read that story... And I immediately watched an episode of The Flash. Nice. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm like trying to, I'm trying to, I'm going to start the, I'm, the the train, this freight train of catching up on the DC, um, on the CWDC stuff because the, all of this is just stuff I love. So I should really should just be watching it. But so with that story, I was like, okay, I'm going to try. I'm yeah. going to try and get caught up. That's cool. I didn't read that. That's pretty incredible. It's it's. I think it's a rumor. So I don't I don't know if it's you know if it's 100 percent true yet or been confirmed. But mm. it would be pretty pretty nifty if it was. But like even more news from that, Kevin Conroy is going to play old man Bruce. Basically, yeah. yeah. Basically, his Batman Beyond character. I don't know if it's going to be so they're 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 bringing all these people in and doing that stuff. Whether they're going to be playing the version of the character that they had played elsewhere is still up in the air. Like Brandon Ralph is is he going to be playing Superman Returns? Superman or just I don't know. A Superman? A Superman. It yeah. does, and frankly, it doesn't really matter. No, I'm not. I'm not super concerned. Although the rumor is that he's going to play Kingdom Come Superman, Ooh. which I think is. Amazing, because yeah. obviously, I mean, I love Kingdom Come. You love Kingdom yeah, Come. Yeah, I think yeah. it's just like it's that's one of the greatest, I think, mythological stories that we have today. I love, love, love that story. Um, unfortunately, that story is not easily picked up by someone who 
if you're just getting started out in comics, I wouldn't recommend Kingdom Come. No, yeah, you've got to kind of cut your teeth on a few other things. Get familiar yeah, with more of the and you know, I haven't come up with that list. I think I want to spend some time being like, look, you want to get into comics, and you want to get into superhero comics in, Ooh, in particular, because yeah. like, because I think that maybe we could do a show about it. Because yeah. like, if you want to get into superhero comics in particular, like there is there are certain ones that I would recommend to start out. Like Court of Owls is a really great starting point for 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 some of that stuff for Batman. Yeah, uh, from the New Fifty Two, but. If I'm like, I want to lead, I want the road, like the road to kingdom come, like I wonder what that series of books would be. Like, what do you, what would you have to know in order to sort of like get the most out of kingdom come? Yeah. If somebody jumped into kingdom come without any, with just the basic knowledge, maybe the movies, let's say, I think they'd get enough out of it. The main character, especially with Shazam that's yeah. come out now. Yeah. So really like, I think you're going to get, a, you're going to get enough of it. But I think that maybe there's a, a few trades, maybe, a, maybe six or seven trades. That's six issues each. You know, six trades that you can read and then get to Kingdom Come and really, really, really enjoy it. Yeah. I think maybe we should come up with that list, like the road to Kingdom Come. Like, I like what, that. what, what, you know, what, what would books? that look like? What books would, would Even you issues. recommend? I mean, yeah, like single like, issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because be I don't think you need that. You don't, you don't need to, the more you're steeped in it, the more you get out of it. That's what's really great about that story. But yeah. I think the core mechanics would still work if you just knew the movies. But then in between, I think there's a sweet spot there where you can get like the most out of it with the least amount of like uh, ramp up time. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So optimize your comic book reading. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, Brandon Ralph, Kingdom Come Superman potentially, and uh, Kevin, Kevin Conroy. Conroy. I thought they... I read Burt Ward too. Oh yeah. Who was somebody told me that? Thing. I didn't or, like read you know... that. Somebody mentioned that. To yeah. Me. I thought I read that somewhere too that he might be involved as well which yeah. is I mean it's I don't know I just think it's super cool what they're doing. I oh mean, yeah. There's it's a level of paying homage to these older actors that have portrayed these characters but at the same time bringing them into like the mainstream it's really cool to see. Like, yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm just I'm super is it, fuck everything else Kevin Conroy playing Batman in live action just blows my mind. That to me they could have nothing else. They could actually take out all of the characters and just have him on the screen drinking tea and talking to Ace, and I would lose my shit. <laughs> you think Ace would be it? I think they. they He's think the easiest easy... thing to cast. But here, and, and the, the funny thing is that there's nothing stopping them from doing that. There's no licensing stopping them from right. doing that because they can simply do that. Right. I don't even know if they have to pay licensing. They don't need to have the suit. They don't need to have, like, Tim. Um, oh my God. What's his name? Drake. No, no, sorry. The, the, those are the two names I was thinking of, but they are the wrong ones. I'm thinking of the Batman from Batman Beyond. T- oh, Tim Friedel? No, it's not. It's Will. Will Friedel. No, no, Friedel. no. no, no. Uh, what's, what's the character's name? Oh, um... Oh my god. Wow. Terry. Terry. Terry, Terry McGinnis. Like, they don't have need to have that sort of black suit with the red... You know the red symbol on it or anything. They can they can just quite literally just hint at, you yeah. know, all of these other things like the fact that he has a is a Doberman, right? Yeah, yeah. The fact that he has a Doberman, the fact that he's like using the the is the the cane, the, the cane or yeah. whatever, you know, like stuff like that. So, um, yeah, no, it's all really exciting. It's yeah. very cool. So I'm, like it's pretty, it's it's gotten me interested in seriously getting ramped up because i feel like this is the seventh or eighth time i've mentioned that on this show so people are getting tired of doing that mom i'm sorry that you have to hear me say that i'm going to catch up on the cw shows all the time you're one of our dedicated listeners is she sorry mom every once in a while she'll listen and she'll be like uncle what are you talking about on this show i'm like (laughs) why do you swear so much yeah yeah, that's right 
Exactly. I didn't know Justin had such a foul mouth. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, she doesn't. She really likes Richard Gere. <laughs> this is the episode for her. Yeah, she really likes. Richard oh, this Gere. is the best. Oh, she's I hope she's Richard. listening right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, mom. Um, it's okay if she really likes Richard Gere. She would have turned it off after the first three minutes. And been like, fuck these guys. <laughs> It's not That's made right. of gerbils. That's it's right. not controlled by gerbils. I he's swear like, to God, if you tell me that he jumps one more time when he's teabagged on the brain by a gerbil, <laughs> never listening to another one of your podcasts again. Oh my God! Wow. Okay. Um, moving what do we on. Want to talk about moving on. Uh, moving on. One moving quick thing on. I want to I want to I want to mention. Scooby Doo. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, on our Halloween list, I mentioned a movie called an animated movie called Scooby Doo uh, on Zombie Island. Yeah, and it's a great animated movie. If you guys haven't seen it, it's really really great. It's you know it was the first wave of really new animated, a new animation style, feature length film, well written, funny, and um, you know. Things may or may not be what they seem. It's not the standard Scooby Doo pull the mask off the guy and like the you know it it was the butler or it was you know Scooby Doo's just murdering people in um, cold blood. It's not it's not like that, but uh, but you know it's got some surprises and okay. great animation, really great Warner Brothers like animation. Um, I saw a trailer from San Diego Comic Con. That for whatever reason, they're releasing a sequel to the movie called Scooby Doo Returns to Zombie Island. So random, and I watched it. I sent it immediately. Sent it to Shavu. I'm like, I'm so excited about this. This is crazy. <laughs> like, because I keep telling her, I'm like that and Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost, which were two. Like that first movie was Zombie Island, and then School the Witch's Ghost was the second movie. Both of those are really great movies that you can like watch with your kids, um, and and sort of introduce them to sort of like the Scooby Doo sort of mythology, but also sort of like uh, small sort of mild horror elements too. So you can like. Enjoy that with your kids. Um, Scooby-Doo Returns to Zombie Island. I have no idea what it's going to be about. Yeah. I saw the trailer and I'm like, this is great. There's a sequel to this movie, which is amazing. That I've been raving about this movie for so long. And the fact that they made a sequel out of it. I don't know what to expect. I hope they don't mess it up. But if they mess it up, I still have the se- the original to like go back to and watch. So that's a random San Diego Comic-Con trailer that we didn't really talk about last time didn't so. even know it came out yeah yeah but um yeah i'd be interested in seeing that shut That's up you're point. not interested at all well the original one at least <laughs> this one i don't know i'm squeezed i don't care if you're into it at all or not i'm squeezing everything i like onto this show okay you keep drinking sir okay um i'm gonna jump in right into the next thing unless you had something go for okay. it movies i watched some movies scary stories to tell in the dark i watched two days ago why do you want to ago. talk about this? I don't know anything about it. Nothing. I just want to say I watched it. It was good. Go see it. Okay. I'll go do that and then we can do an episode on it. Yeah, exactly. You should go see it. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Tarantino. New Tarantino movie. Yeah. Saw it. Liked it. It was okay. I still think... I still think... Um, I still think uh, Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown is, is his best movie. Uh, but this one, this one was entertain- entertaining. And I think it has a particularly good performance from Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, fuck. Awesome. What what hasn't he been good in lately? I'm, I'm not asking uh, a legitimate question. That's more hypothetical. Oh, okay, yeah. No, you're you're right. No, I think DiCaprio is like good in the, the large majority of what he does. Right. I think I'm talking about in in 
uh, in uh, sorry, relative to the other folks in that movie. Right. I think that he puts in the best performance, and it was the one that was so that, that stayed with me, and that was sort of effective. There's been a lot of controversy about Bruce Lee in that movie. Yeah, have you seen it? I haven't. So no, I don't okay. want to talk. I don't want to talk about it. Don't even read. Don't read those headlines. No, no, no. I've no, no, gone nonsense because I'm going to read something that's going to spoil something. Look, and I don't want to know. If you guys are are narrowing in on that Bruce Lee controversy, it's not a controversy at all. People are just stirring the pot and um, are are just outraged because that's what that's the culture we live in today so i i personally i can you know it it's a it's a it's a movie yeah it's a fictional movie go into it with that and you know we'll talk about it after if yeah. you, you know when, if and when you go to see it you know more about bruce lee than i do i you know i don't really know a whole lot about him so maybe that's why i didn't care as much i just don't think there's a controversy maybe there's a discussion to be had but i don't think it's a controversy so word um, Reign of the Superman. I finally saw it. Both fucking time, by the way. Yeah. I liked it. They, and right after I saw it, they announced that they're going to uh, issue a 4K release of the of the Death of Superman and the Reign of Superman as a single film. Same thing that they did for Dark Knight, Dark Returns, Knight Returns Part 1 and Part 2. I think I'm going to buy it because I think that was actually quite good. I liked it quite I, a bit. I liked I liked. I liked, I, I used to love Steel. When when in the '90s when I was collecting comics, this was like the peak of the '90s comic bubble was the death of Superman, coming in you know the foil covers and like the bagged comics, and you don't open the death of Superman comic because it'll be worth like prospecting of comics was at its dizzying peak right. during the '90s. So it was a weird time for comics, but during that period, I mean, I read all those comics and I was a huge fan of Steel. I loved the way he looked. I loved the design. I loved the you know the Shaquille O'Neal movie. It was amazing. No, I didn't. It was awful. That, that was movie a bad was movie. it was really bad. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. I remember rewatching scenes of it like in the last like four or five months just on YouTube. It was awful. It's it's got his suit is awful. Yeah, everything is awful. But what I can honestly say is that Steel is awesome in this movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, uh, and the Eradicator is awesome. He's still got the glasses like a, like a G. <laughs> what a solid G. That guy is wearing those glasses and he's owning the shit out of them mm-hmm. the entire time. That's his style. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a good movie. It's not as good as Death of Superman, in my opinion, but, uh, but the reign of Superman is Not enough is Batman. Nice. He's in it. He's in it briefly. <laughs> but I was like, if he's in another scene, I'm going to flip my lid. This is a Superman movie. You guys cut that shit out. Because <laughs> I remember that scene from the Death of Superman where fucking Hawkman smacks Doomsday in the face with like an anthem metal mace flash picks up that nth metal mace nails him with it at like hyperspeed nothing happens to him doomsday's green suit is still on batman throws a couple of explosives in his face the suit starts tearing i'm like guys stop it <laughs> just stop it well i don't think anybody's chalking that up as a win like ah he got his suit <laughs> it's fine but no dude there are hardcore i feel like there are hardcore batman fans where they feel like they needed to do that they need to, if Batman's going to be in this movie, he has to do some kind of damage, right? And that I feel like they're just their hands are tied. <laughs> like I, I, just, I, that's the only way I can, I can for these people that exist. That I, I, it's hilarious if they do. If they got off because he damaged his clothes a little bit, that's dude. Depressing. Remember we talked. What would we call it? With the slow jerk and the Batman. 
right? Yeah, that's what we called it during that episode. Did we? The Batman slow jerk, right? Because like, because because every movie he is any one of those animated movies he's in, even if he has just a cameo, he has to do something cool. Oh. He absolutely has to. Oh, I'm thinking of the Stephen King slow jerk. That was the slow jerk. Oh, <laughs> the slowest. He's still jerking. <laughs> He's still going. He's still on the upward stroke. He, he <laughs> so, might go down in the next 20 or 30 minutes. So we'll let you know at the end of the podcast whether Stephen um, King asserted his <laughs> downward stroke. But... But uh, but yeah, Reign of Superman, Batman, he's in it, but I don't really remember him, so that means that the other characters really really <laughs> stepped up. So true enough. Um, yeah, no, it was a, I, I I quite enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if we do a full episode on it, um, but we definitely can. We can do a follow up episode with Mike too and talk about yeah, because he saw it as well. Oh right? yeah, yeah. And Actually, I'm gonna do too one... long, right? Yeah, it's too long. Did he see Crawl? Did he, he ever hasn't see... seen Crawl yet? Okay, because no. that's. When it has to go to like when he when it involves going to the theater, he's very turned off okay, about right. that. Basically, right, he doesn't want to put in any effort. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I might actually try and see that this weekend. We'll Crawl, see. Crawl. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd love to hear what your thoughts and are. And scary, scary, scary stories. I'm was glad good, that you man. told me it was good. Because yeah, because I was a little scared when I heard the PG thirteen thing. I was like, mm, it's. If it was announced that it was PG thirteen early on, yeah. I'd be a little more like, all right, cool, that's the plan. But like when you feel like. When I hear about it being PG-13, what felt like a few weeks before the release, yeah, kind of makes you nervous. So, one thing to comment on there. This movie was always... It's based on a series of books that were released, I think, in the 80s. Okay. Uh, called, the, the title is exactly the same, but it was a series of folktales that were okay. combined with this really unsettling art. But it was targeted at kids. These were children's books. Okay. Uh, and they eventually got banned. Because they were, because the three volumes came out and they were eventually banned. Nobody was, nobody weren't allowed to have them. Uh, the kids weren't allowed to read them. Neat. I don't know. There's a the documentary just came out for the series of books as well. Really famous. So a lot of people have grown up with these books. I never did. I was more of like potentially a Goosebumps kids when those Scholastic. Do you remember when you get those Scholastic sort yep. of like um, pamphlets and you could order books and stuff? Um, so these were these. This was in that era. So this movie was always designed to be an entry point for you to watch a horror movie with your children. Right. So if there were kids that kind of had that horror bent, they were leaning that way. This is a movie that's basically... I I read a review somewhere that said it perfectly. I'm going to paraphrase. But it's basically Goosebumps, no gloves. Take the gloves off, Goosebumps, and that's that's what this movie is. So it's not... It's supposed to be targeted at a younger audience, but it's add it's it's layering on uh, some subtext. It's layering on some really tense tense moments and great great creature design. Sick. Okay. So so good. it is targeted at young kids. Always designed to be yeah. PG thirteen. The entire movie was good. 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 So right. was you know so was Insidious and so was you know a lot of these PG thirteen movies. I think people short rant. I think people, again, like, you know, when they jump on the whole grim, dark DC, it's too dark and all that, there are these buzzwords. But then when these PG-13 horror movies were coming out, everyone's like, PG-13 is the death of horror. When you release a horror movie and it's not rated R, it's going to be crap. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not true. Because Agreed. you can design a horror movie to be PG-13. In fact, I think a lot of the PG-13 horror movies are scarier than any R-rated movie I've ever seen. I think, I believe Insidious is PG-13. And... It's it's I think it's I think that movie is a great horror movie mm-hmm. and it's terrifying. Yeah. Like I can't I can't uh 
I can't think of another movie that has scared me as much as that one in you know during that period of time when I had watched it. So um, definitely, like, don't let the PG thirteen uh, rating scare you because okay. it's it's designed to be that way. Got it. Okay, and that's I took. Um, some of the idea from your statement that you've done in a previous podcast that right. if it's designed to be PG-13, that's all good. It's just more the realization that all of a sudden it seemed like they kind of announced they cut it. cut it? Like they wanted... Like, yeah. The way they announced it, like, it just seemed str- like it seemed poorly timed. If I found out three months ago that it was going to be PG-13, game on. Especially with Del Toro and Over the- Overdeen? Uh, Overdahl. Overdahl. Who did, you know... Um... Uh, Autopsy, of, Autopsy Jane Doe, of Jane Doe, which we, yeah. Yeah, and which we had mentioned before, but he, he also did a movie called Troll Hunter. Yes. If you guys haven't seen those movies, go see those. Autopsy of Jane Doe, definitely rated R movie because yeah. it has a lot of like, I wouldn't say the movie is gory, but it does deal with a cadaver. So it's, it's pretty like, graphic. It's, I would say I would, it's graphic, not gory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but still classy. I feel like oh, the yeah. movie is extremely no, no, classy. No, it's and well shot. Can't, Overdahl carries that style over to this good, movie, good, so good. there's a lot of atmosphere, and it's and it's and it takes place around Halloween, so I think it's going to become a Halloween staple for me. I'm going nice. to add it to the list. So. Good, good, good. Okay. So, um, yeah, I don't think it does anything particularly brand new or unique, but it's executed very well, and the creature designs are absolute top notch. Sweet. Great. So that's all I'll say about that. I'm going to move on because I could talk about that for days. Um, we talked about Rain Superman. Some of the some of the books I read, comic called Gideon Falls by uh, Jeff Lemire. I don't know if you know who Jeff Lemire is. No idea. He's a Canadian writer. Okay. He's written for he's written for DC. I'm trying to think of the other. He wrote a book called Lumberjanes and uh, the Under Underwater Welder. Uh, I think he did Just, Justice League Canada for a little while. They had that going on. I I, I believe. I hope I'm not mistaken. Um, but we have a Justice League. Yeah, yeah. For uh, for a period of time, we did for a period of time. Uh, I don't know who's on that I team. You probably look can't it up. Think you should of look a it up. Single fucking DC character that's born in Canada. We should look. We should look it up. Um, Whereas Marvel, they got Wolverine yeah. right off the bat, and then I think they re- when they did Wolverine Origins. I think he was actually somewhere. He was actually born. The James Howlett character was born somewhere in the U.S. along the border, and then. He migrated to Canada, and Who? that's basically where he came up. James Howlett, the original, well, not the original, Wolverine, when he actually was a kid before he lost his memory. Huh. Yeah. They had this origin series back, it was back when we were in university. It was a pretty good series. Like, it basically showed, like, this character as a child before he got his mutant powers, and then all of a sudden they manifested, and he had to get the fuck out of Dodge, hmm. migrates up to Canada. He's hanging out with this girl called Rose, I want to say her name is, who's very reminiscent of Jean Grey, you know, blood red hair, really, really pretty yeah. green eyes. Um, there's another character that looks very much like Sabretooth. It's not. Maybe it is. I, I don't know. They had sequels to this origin story, but sure. the original origin was actually quite a good story. Huh. I think it was a six-issue arc. It was it was good. A couple surprises. So, Justice League Canada is actually not... <laughs> it's, it's no Justice League Canada is a, is a book it okay. is a book he, he I thought you were going to say it's not a thing <laughs> no no it is it's just the heroes aren't particularly Canadian they're oh. taking up some but, uh, but Jeff Lemire is one of these premier sort of Canadian writers and he wrote, he wrote a book of, of the first volume which I've read I just finished reading which is called Gideon Falls and it's a, it's a horror book and it's really well drawn, really well written, really great sense of atmosphere and panel design. Okay. Um, I don't know if you remember that moment in the Court of Owls. 
uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo where uh, he he drops into the Batman drops into this pit and you actually have to like everything's sort of like upside down yeah like you have to like turn the book upside down to read it and like Greg Capullo just knocked these panels out of the park they were so good adding to sort of the disorientation that Bruce was going through in that scene they have a lot of those moments here that are like that that are designed to evoke the emotions of the people or the the event that's happening okay um so really really interesting book uh enjoyed it another thing color out of space which is written by hp lovecraft we just talk about this for a second wait what okay so there's a story okay uh, a short story written by H.P. Lovecraft toward the end of his life, or was published toward the end of his life. Okay. Probably one of the last things he wrote. It's called The Color Out of Space. Okay? It's a short story. The reason that this is important is because I just read this. They are making a movie out of The Color Out of Space. You don't see a lot of H.P. Lovecraft big budget, like, you know, relatively large budget horror films being made. Not a lot. There have been a lot of movies made about H.P. Lovecraft's stories, but they've all been, like, lower budget. This one has Nicolas Cage starring as the main character. And it's directed by Richard Stanley. Okay, we're going to talk about Richard Stanley for a second. Richard Stanley is the first director, and we're going to tie this back to the last episode, and to Cats, of Island of Dr. Moreau. (laughs) Okay? Richard Stanley was commissioned to direct the island of dr moreau with val kilmer and um the godfather marlon brando okay okay there is a documentary out about the insanity that ensued on the making of this movie and i highly recommend it. it's called lost souls the making of the island of dr moreau i believe we okay. can put it in the show notes um but richard stanley was fired for going over budget but subsequently was trying to get back into the production after they hired, I think it's uh, another director, and I can't remember the director's name. But he was basically, at one point, it was rumored, I don't know if it's, I'm pretty sure it's, he dressed up and put on his own makeup to be one of the half-animal, half-person people in the background. So he's an extra (laughs) in a movie that he was fired from. This guy is a total maniac, and I love it. I love that energy, because if you saw the storyboards of what he was going to do, I'm like, this is... It's not that it was good. It was more like, this is insane. This is insane, the direction he was going to take this. So now he's directing an H.P. Lovecraft story with crazy Nicolas Cage in the lead role. Oh, boy. So uh, it looks... They released a still from the movie, and it looks super colorful. The color out of space, but... uh, but yeah, I thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, if you guys haven't read it, it's actually one of uh, Lovecraft's more accessible stories because a lot of the stories, the language is very old. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely one of his more accessible stories. So, uh, yeah, I can go on for days. I got I got one more thing. What's the other thing? Adam Wingard, the guy who did um, the guest and You're Next, and is finishing up shooting on uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah. He's uh, been, I think he's been hired to direct an Event Horizon series for Amazon. Oh, I'd seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Event Horizon. Oh, did you, you've seen Event I've Horizon? I've seen it. What'd you think? You don't ah, like that movie. No. Okay. All right. That's interesting. I just thought it was gratuitous for no reason. I like Sam Neill. Oh, buddy. He goes, he goes full, 
full at the end of that movie. It was just too much. At a certain point, I was just like, okay, I'm good. Where we're going, we don't need eyes to see. We don't need anything to see. (laughs) It was just, I don't know. It was just, I I remember coming out of it and just being like, ugh. Oh, it was kind of gross. It was gross. It was there's there's definitely moments of that movie are, that are gross. Yeah, like, I think I'm like, that this the, is excessive. The production design on the movie and the atmosphere it builds, I think, is like next to none. I think. Well, sorry, not next to none. That's Second a lot. To none. Sec- I wouldn't even say that. I wouldn't even say that because I think that it's cribbing a lot from Alien. First oh, for of sure. All, like in terms sure. of the dread that it yeah. builds, but but uh, it's up there. Like when I look at the when I watch that movie today. The yeah. sets are just gorgeous, you yeah. know, and I think that the performances. There's a lot of good character actors in that movie. Oh yeah, no, there's a lot of good stuff in that film. The only problem for me is it just goes too overboard to the point where yeah. like I'm not enjoying it anymore. I'm just upset. Yeah. Like, it gets there's full a gross. lot. Yeah, it gets really gross and upsetting and That's just right. bleak and fucking. I I it's just gross. yeah, it was too much for me. Yeah, but there's definitely redeeming qualities. Great performances for sure. Mm-hmm. Larry Fishburne. I can't remember. Larry. Larry. This is, I think by he this time... He was actually going by Larry Fishburne oh, for yeah, a yeah. portion of his career. There's a movie called King of New York with Christopher Walken. If you haven't seen it, Larry Fishburne's in it. He's got a great line in that movie. I'm pretty sure Larry Fishburne played the character in Pee-wee's Playhouse. I've never box. seen Pee-wee's Playhouse. No? The Tim Burton Pee-wee movie? No, no. I'm talking about the TV the, show. Oh, fuck. No, I, yeah. I certainly haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, he was that the genie in the fucking box thing. I that that show used to terrify me. Really? That's, yeah, I, it is I definitely it's, like it's if you weird. watched that on like acid, you'd be like, what? <laughs> I I that I I never brought I could never bring myself to watch that show, and but I know a lot of people it was bananas. Grew, grew up on the on the mo- movie, yeah, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they Netflix did another movie. I don't know if that was directed by Tim Burton though. I don't think so. But uh, uh, Pee Wee's Big remember. Adventure was. Yes. But, uh, also, I don't know if Larry Fishburne was the character in the box. I don't think he was. That was the genie thing. But he was. He was definitely in it. And he was in the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you can see him now in John Wick Three. You, you can. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I like I like Lawrence Fishburne. Me too. I think that he should just get he should be in more movies. I, I yeah, just don't man. I don't know why he's not. So um but yeah, Advent Horizon television series sorry, uh, Amazon series. I I'd be super into it. I'll watch it when it comes out. Um the last thing I wanted to talk about that's what he was. He was the fucking cowboy. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, he was the cowboy. I couldn't remember what role he played. Uh but yeah, he's look at this fucking guy. Oh man! <laughs> Isn't that upsetting? Oh man! Look at those teeth. That's the look at that. <laughs> look at that hat. He should have been are this exact G- same fucking like, character. He's not, are in John like, Wick. This is his character. He's a cowboy. Boom! 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 Has he got Jerry curls there? Yeah, is man. That that oh man! I don't know if they're real. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I think they're coming they're out there. of the hat. Um, they're there. <laughs> this fucking guy. He looks ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I got to take this off my screen. I don't want to keep laughing. <laughs> All uh, right, I got, I got, I got another thing that's probably going to elicit more conversation. Let's do this. Okay, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy two. Okay. Finally, um, I thought it was wasn't as good as the first one. Yes. But I kind of enjoyed it. I think it had a pacing problem. There was a lot of talky talky yeah. in that movie, and yeah, it was yeah, weirdly yeah. oddly paced. Some of the humor didn't hit for me the same way the humor in the first one did. But the one thing that stood out to me in that movie. Was Kurt Russell raping planets? Um, yeah, yeah. Kurt Russell date raping planets was a problem for me. But the other thing that stood out for me was that when uh, there's a moment in the movie, and spoilers for Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> 2 if you haven't seen it, but uh, Kurt Russell 
is Quill's uh, father. But when Quill realizes that uh, Kurt Russell Ego had to essentially kill his mother so that he wouldn't fall in love and never leave Earth. Like, he, he would fall in love with her and stay there with her and his larger mission would be lost. Right. So he had to kill her with cancer, basically. Yes. He gave her cancer. And as soon as he says, I had to do this, and Peter Quill's like, you killed my mother. And he's like, yes. And he's about to talk again, and half of his face gets blown off with that super cool handgun that he's got that just, you know... Varies in power yeah. over the course of these movies, but manages to blow half of his face off and just like he shoots him like seven times. I don't know, six times. He <laughs> shot him six times. Anyway, he fucking lets this guy, he empties his clip into this guy, okay? Did he deserve two to the chest? Probably. Could he have explained himself a little bit more? Probably. But you know what? Quill was like, fuck you, you just admitted to killing my mom, so I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna have at you. Empty the clip. Well, sir, I so, think... So, hold on. I'm not done. Uh, I'm not thing. finished, sir. Okay. This led me directly to rewatch Infinity War. Okay? Because I watched this movie and this I'm impulsive like... impulsive asshole. <laughs> <laughs> He's always been impulsive. I'm like... This guy just told you he killed your mom. You blew his fucking head off. You emptied your clip into him. Thanos... Tells you he's killed your girlfriend. And you have what is actually like the equivalent of a three-year-old tantrum. <laughs> he, and he, he, with the hands. Well, and just kind of do this. And he starts hitting him in the face. And Let's I, calm down for a second because you need to think about this. He's got an ally of his on Thanos' back. He's not unloading a clip without hitting her at least okay. a few times. Let's talk about that. Let's do this. Have you seen the size of Thanos' head? I have. Okay. But she was all over the she head. She was not like cross-armed. She had her Sorry, hands yeah. no, no, on I, his cranium. And she was sitting on him. She, she had, had her, her hands legs on, lap, wrapped around his head. Do you understand this guy has his head? It's probably from the top of my head down to my crotch. Yes. That's the size of his head. Yes. She is perched up at the top. Yeah. He is looking into his face... And in the IMAX screen, it's his gun. Or, sorry, I don't think he's pointing his gun at him. No. He's not, right? He doesn't have his gun. Yeah, yeah. So, well, no, he does. Oh. He has his gun. He, his, he yeah, yeah, yeah. But his, the, his head is huge. You could... Sh- you know what? I've never shot a gun before. But I guarantee you, at that distance, I could shoot Thanos in one of his teeth of my choosing. That's what I could do at that distance. You could? Yo, rip it out. You're pointed at his teeth, and you do the same thing you did to Ego. But that movie, like that scene, even when I first saw it, and granted, I like this movie. In fact, I like this movie better than I like Endgame. Yes. But on on rewatching it, it's uh, more of these scenes kind of, like more of the movie seems movie-ish. Like they're basically, they've written them... For whatever reason, they decided to write themselves into this confrontational corner between him and Peter Quill. Um, but but having said all that, I just I can't, especially no. with what's happened in the Guardians too. Doesn't make a lick of sense. There's nobody sitting behind Ego when he starts shooting. For one, 
There's nobody around Ego that is that could deal with any type of ricochet if he's super fucking strong to the point where these bullets aren't going to do anything. Because I don't think his bullets are going to do anything. That being said, his hands are definitely not going to do anything. <laughs> yeah. And what does he still manage to do even when he uses his hands with well, these calculated that's, strikes that's you're talking about? Thing, that's he the other hits thing, her in the fucking knuckle and she lets go. That's be uh, and to be honest, think about what you're saying. If he starts shooting her, he's gonna hit her knuckle. No, and God he's gonna shoot else. her at the teeth. We just talked about this. He's gonna point His at the teeth. Tooth. He goes to the dentist three times a lunar cycle of whatever planet it was on. That's twelve times a year on Earth. He has pristine teeth. There you could have shot him in the. Do you? His eye yeah. is the size of my cheek. It is. Yeah, and it's much stronger. His yeah, fucking cheek- blast isn't going to do anything. Dude, no, so what, he's, he's just doing- angry. So he's just lashing out. He's not thinking about it. You are not serious about this. There's no like this scene makes guys look. <laughs> guys, guys. When I was watching Infinity War for the first time, having liked it, walking out, yeah. I still thought that scene was kind of ridiculous. After watching Guardians of the Galaxy two, I'm like, he just did it. Like. He just did it. You've already proved that he can. He's done this. He's acted. He's he's gunned someone down who has taken someone away from him that he loves. So it's like, it's like, I get, I get, I don't know. No, what I don't get it. I what don't. They've get it. proven is that he will lash out when he's super super emotional. However, the only other thing that Infinity War now proves is that he is considerate of the collateral damage. He is not going to start blasting teeth eyeballs or anything that's close to people because what if his blaster is really really good and it goes right through Thanos's head then it hits Mantis then it's a problem what if it goes in hits one of his pearly whites reflects off goes through Iron Man's head then you've got a problem I'm just well, saying well, where would you say they ended up after that scene would you say they had a problem after that scene I'm pretty sure that if Quill turned around and walked away and didn't talk to him they would have been in the best situation unfortunately Quill decided to have a conversation with Thanos, which didn't have really... a conversation. Have you seen a three-year-old? It was year a question. Old? Have you seen a three-year-old have a tantrum? Yeah, yeah, it was that. <laughs> no question. But what I'm saying is he had a conversation with him. He shouldn't have asked him about where's Gamora. He should have been like, let's get the, the fucking stones away from him first, and then I'll start asking questions. Then at that point, he could have started hitting him or doing whatever. But unfortunately, they did it when Mantis was on his head. <laughs> sitting wherever she was sitting. I honestly thought that she had her legs wrapped around his neck. And then was on the fucking head with her hands. He may, I, I it may have been. It may have I been. can't remember. I, I sure. gotta watch it again now. All but. I know is that there would have been collateral damage. And her legs could have been wrapped around his neck. Which, first of all, her legs wouldn't make it around his neck because it's he's he's huge. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, it might have been more been like down the shoulders. Yeah, or down the shoulders. Yeah. yeah, but but look, guys, this scene is ridiculous. That's the bottom line. This it's, scene was was ridiculous. And the, the, the and the funny thing about it is, I mean, I wouldn't say it ruins anything, but no. it definitely it stands out to me now that I've seen Guardians 2 because I'm like he just he just did what he, you know, he proved that he would do what he should have done. And I know you're making these excuses for collateral damage. Hey, no, no, I think it's a, it's a legit excuse though. It's dude, no. he would have fucking killed Mantis if he would have gone all crazy gun happy and started shooting people. He knocked her off anyway. Yeah, he broke her hand because he's hit. He was hitting with her hand, with his hand. That's not shooting somebody. <laughs> That's not unleashing your blaster at a power that would have done anything. Because that, listen, if he would have thought about it to the point where I'm going to shoot this guy, 
he would have probably had to calculate the amount of fucking power that it would have had to do to do any damage. And then at that point, he's thinking a lot more than he already needs to. He didn't just pull something out and start shooting. Because if he did, he would have killed Mantis. That's, I, that is my theory and I stand by it, sir. He would have hurt Mantis. There's no fucking way he wouldn't have. No, you're wrong. I don't think so. <laughs> you're absolutely wrong. Dude, Thanos, Thanos has taken and also, a beating from the Hulk. Yeah. Okay? Like, there is, there is his gun, nothing. There is, agreed. His, his, I feel like his tongue, he would just eat the bullets. I feel like he probably wouldn't have even killed him or hurt him, mm. but it would have been better mm. than what he had done. If they did a scene where he pulled the gun out... And he started shooting at him, and he was just kind of taking it in the mouth and in the face, and and one of those bullets ricocheted and hit Mantis in the hand, and she let go. That would be great. That would be wonderful. <laughs> and Mantis would have lost a hand. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. It's all fine. Okay, uh, it's all in fine. The grand scheme of consistency. Because the point is that the- Peter Quill is the type of character that is going to act childish and emotional and lash out. Whether he's doing it with a blaster or whether he's doing it with his hands is completely irrelevant in this situation. That, only because... No, no, how is that? How it's is irrelevant. That? No, no. It's irrelevant in this situation because the, goal, the, the, the purpose isn't to show how he... The exact logical way that the character would have acted with his gun and shooting off, maybe injuring Mantis, maybe not. He would have had to have hurt Mantis in some way for her to let go so Thanos can get away, right? The end goal here is that Thanos is not given up that Infinity Gauntlet. Now, unless something breaks Mantis's hold... The Heroes of One, Infinity War ends, Endgame doesn't make $2 billion or whatever the fuck it's made in worldwide, and that's where we're at. Unfortunately, they need that gauntlet to come off. And Peter Quill acting childish and emotional and acting completely irrationally, I guess you could say, is the way out of that situation. Now, whether it's with a gun or with pistol whipping him, either way, it would have had the exact same effect on Thanos, except the only difference is, one way or the other... One way is going to have Mantis let go and be like, "Oh, my sure, hand." Yeah, yeah. And the other way is going to potentially kill her because okay, okay. of blood loss. No, you, we can. I mean, we can. We can write our way around this. Oh, the, 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 that's why this scene doesn't ruin the movie, mm. right? Because but you seem to have a very large problem with it. I have a problem with it because I saw exactly the same scenario happen in another movie. And he did exactly what I thought and what I think that the average person thought you would do. Mm -hmm. You killed my mother. Bang, bang, bang. Yes. You killed my girlfriend. Bang, bang, bang. Except it's not bang, bang, bang. It's... Okay. So so you're telling me that if Shugu was Mantis... But Shugu's not... First of all... I'm just saying... That's not his Shugu. Shugu's... Okay. Nisha. If Nisha was Mantis... Baby. In this scenario, you're dead. I'm sorry. Yes. If Nisha was Mantis... Nisha was Mantis. He's like, I just killed your wife. Yeah. Shoot him in the face. Hundo P. Listen. You Nisha, you're gonna be, Nisha, Nisha, you're going to be fine because I'm going to shoot him in the mouth. <laughs> okay? I'm going to shoot him in the mouth. He took a punch from the Hulk. He could swallow a couple of bullets. It's not going to come out the other end. It, but that still has the same end result of him hitting him. Yeah, yeah. It's so, not so, do any so, damage to Thanos. So, all joking aside, yes, it's really just a scene amendment. You know, like it's more of like I get what they were trying, right. Trying to do. Look, I, it's just to... funny that another scene played out very similarly to this, and it happened the way I, you know, but me it's the being same my, my my armchair sort of like 
I don't, I don't make movies nearly as well as these guys do. Right. But like, you know, it's just me being like, well, that's what I wanted him to do to Thanos. Um, but, but it doesn't ruin the scene because the moment that they're going for is that it's this emotion that disrupts the plan. Mm. That's... That's the crux of that scene. Why they felt like they needed to have that particular scene, I could have a discussion about. Maybe they don't need to have that scene. That's, could have, that's my They point. just don't need to have it right. at all. But they decided they needed to have it. But that particular execution of that scene was an odd choice. Yeah. It was an odd choice. Now, if he started shooting her, she doesn't need to get her hand blasted off. Right. She, it could be burned. burned. Like shards, like whatever. Sure. So she lets go. But it just seems like a more... Especially with what, how they've been fighting for the last, whatever, five, six minutes for that massive scene. It seems like a more accurate, when you understand the power level of the person you're dealing with. You know, if I'm standing in front of a, you know, like a, a silverback gorilla, I'm not going to try and slap him in the face. If right. I have a gun in my hand, in holstered, I could whip the gun out, point it at someone. Someone happens to be straddling the 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 gorilla from behind for whatever reason, and they're like, "Don't shoot, because you're gonna hit me." Then maybe I stop, right? Mm. But it's this whole like thing with the hands where he starts hitting him in the face. It just seems really, it's just really awkward and odd. It doesn't again doesn't, doesn't ruin the movie, movie yeah. because that moment's still gonna happen. You can write, but they decided to write themselves into that corner, which I just feel like is an odd. It's an odd place to. It's an odd place to. I, be. I do agree. I mean, uh, all joking aside, uh, the 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 Star Lord hissy fit, as I will call it. Yeah, that's a good. One. Doesn't I mean, in the grand scheme, yeah, there's better ways to handle that situation. Yeah. Um, but the way that they wrote themselves into having this big dramatic situation where they almost have the glove off, there's multiple ways they could have wrote written themselves out of that situation. For instance, Thanos just breaks the mind mill. Like, he's fucking. They could powerful. do anything. Yeah, yeah they, they, they could have done a thousand anything. different they ways they wanted. Could do it. But they wanted the wanted that moment exactly, and, and I think it's a good moment. Like once, uh, credit to Chris Pratt for his performance in this because when he does realize um, that Gamora has has been killed, he play, like his performance there when he realizes his loss and breaks out into the rage that he does. I buy it. I totally buy it. His reaction, maybe you know, the hissy fit versus starting to blast people. Sure, one way or the other, but I get the the amount of loss that he feels in that and just lashes out thoughtlessly. Mm, mm. That's the thing is I, he's close enough to him that he's not blast like when you're that close to somebody, maybe bringing out your gun doesn't make a ton of sense, maybe because of the amount of people around like there's there's ways that you can logically go into it and think, okay, this is probably why this character did what he did, sure um. So that's kind of where I live on that because I, I I genuinely do think it was a good moment in the film, um, and I really like Pratt's performance. Was it the most logical thing? No, definitely not. I'll, I'll or I'll argue that it was for fun, but I mean it's silly. I mean the guy's punching yeah. a thing that is basically he's basically punching a brick wall that's made of fucking titanium yeah. that's laced with kryptonite, <laughs> and then sealed with a little more adamantium and vibranium, yeah. all of it. Vibranium, all of the that don't exist yeah. are in this wall, and he's punching it. Unobtainium. That's that's what's in the center. So, um, so yeah, it's like it's... the caramel center of this, like of yeah. this, yeah. this makeshift mineral sandwich. All that other shit <laughs> to, to get, get to the unobtainium, <laughs> which you'll probably die of some sort of poisoning. <laughs> um, um, so, when you say, just a final comment on this, when you say that you. You think his performance was believable? Yeah. That's where I disagree with you. Really? Because okay. 
I don't think his performance was believable because he didn't do what I thought. And this again, this is just me. Yeah. Where I was like, he didn't do the thing that I thought a someone who who was lashing out, really looking to lash out with all of the armaments that were available. He didn't do the thing that I thought someone lashing out would do. Mm. And that and that's what that's and I don't think it's Sorry, so let me refine that. I don't think it's his performance that's not believable. It's his actions that are not believable. And no matter how good that performance is, if that action just seems out of left field, it's going to it's going to when I not ruin because it doesn't ruin it. It's more of like, "Oh, he did that because they needed that." Mm. I start looking at, I start thinking about other things. I start thinking about the writing. It was like, oh, they needed that. He couldn't shoot him in the face because then there'd be no movie. So they needed him to hit him in the face and knock Mantis off. Yeah. Right? So like, I start thinking about that other stuff because it just doesn't seem like the thing that someone would do if they were really, truly filled with, you know, rage and sadness and looking at the murderer of the one that they loved. Right? So, so... Yeah, no, he gave it all in his performance. Yeah. It's the action, is what was written for him, I don't think matched that height of emotion. I'd have to rewatch Guardians 2 to see the full context, but here's the other thing too, is I I will say I struggle with anger problems sometimes. And I have lashed out when I've been upset about things. Sure. And it's usually a gut instinct about something that ha- that you find out right away. And sometimes you'll throw something or hit something or throw something on the ground. Yeah. And it's not so much about it's not so much about the action of whatever it is you're doing. It's more just the It'll let it out. The let it out. Yeah, there's yeah. a slight kind of gratification to it, but there's something there where just lashing out at whatever action is in front of you is just comfortable. I don't know whether there's enough buildup in Guardians Two to the point where you start shooting them, where it's like, hey, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. Um, or this is what I did or whatever. Basically, like, I'm not sure if there's enough build up there to the point where he could make a calculated decision where in infinity war, I felt like he says, where's Gamora? And then all of a sudden he was expecting a better answer. And then he got not the answer he wanted. And that's when the temper tantrum happened. Right. Essentially, which is, you know, that that's the way I look at it. And to me, like I said, I think it's believable. Um, him, I don't think it was a calculated decision. I think that no, ego, no, but he had not, realized but, uh, that uh, ego had been a dick up until a certain point, and he's hearing his monologue. E- ego? Ego. Oh, I'm going back about, to Guardians okay. 2. During that conversation, I think he's realizing slowly that, oh, this guy is not a good guy. This is a problem. This is a problem. And then he finds out about his no, mother, he's and he's like, the, all right, boom. He's doing the showing him the cosmos and okay. the cosmic plan thing. Okay. Then he reveals that he killed his mother. But when he's revealing the cosmic plan, plan, he's getting a feel that this guy is not on the level, right? No, no, he's completely like taken over. He's got the crazy black eyes. Okay, yeah, and then he it, what when he says that you killed his mother, it pulls him out of it because he's like, what? <laughs> mm, okay. Right. Um. Anyway. Yeah, we're gonna have to agree to disagree on this one. I think so. I, I think, think that this conversation has been had by a lot of nerds. Across uh, our our planet, and uh, and uh, I again, I don't think it ruins the movie. So no. Infinity War, still a good movie. I, re- I actually am enjoying it. I haven't actually reached that point in the movie yet. I've been trying to watch it 
like when I was like when what I were had the other bad decisions you were troubled the by? one other bad decision and again I was uh, these are all things I mentioned on the podcast for the review for Infinity War they were just coming back to me because I I'm watching it the second time yeah so it's not like all brand new um, was the other one was when they freed Doctor Strange and they're like let's go to let's go to Thanos and you know take the take the time stone with us and I'm like that seems like a monumentally bad idea. There's no, there was really nothing to be gained. The way Tony Stark puts it is that he's not. He will catch him by surprise, and we're you know like we're not. And then I was like, I was like, look, kind of the movie shows us what the stones can do. Mm-hmm. And I had this, I had this problem. I'm putting that in quotes because again, I did enjoy this movie, but it's funny that none of it, you know noticing it on the second run that none of the heroes. Who possess any of the stones actually use the stones? Yes, which yes. is just like really strange, because um, Doctor Strange has the time stone, so yeah. it's like, what can you do with the time stone? And I'm like, you fucking what can you did with the stone in time. What you did with the time stone at the end of Doctor Strange could fix this entire problem. Yes. Like it's not. So it's kind of like they've they've in in comics do this right. They like when uh, comic books do this right when they introduce these things that are like all powerful and they're like can alter this or they yeah. can change that power power levels you know <laughs> the comic you know like you think about the cliched comic nerd what are they talking about it's like well can wolverine really kill superman or can can batman take on captain america or can you know what if dracula fought you know bruce lee or whatever and i'm bringing that back because that's what tarantino uses as an example for his explanation of of the Bruce Lee scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but, but like, so, and I'm putting on that voice only because it's kind of this cliched thing. Mm. The reason that comic book nerds and me included, ha- and you and I both, like, yeah. we used to talk about this shit all the time. It's like the reason we have those. They're fun. It's fun to have those arguments, yeah, absolutely. right? It's um, so, so it's kind of like this. It's this thing we always it's we always come back to, and it's like whether one person could you know beat another person, and um, I don't know. It's kind of like a cornerstone of comic books. Yeah, so. it, it's a relevant conversation, or sorry, it's a relevant outcomes of conversations that are fun. Yeah, yeah. Whether or not anybody agrees on it, or whatever the outcome of the discussion means, nothing. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. But it's fun to have. I mean, that's that's half the half the fun, but. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree in terms of the time zone. There's a lack of using it. And there was always a caution, like using the time so, zone in general was yeah. like a cautionary tale from the very first Doctor Strange. Sure. So one could hypothesize that's why they didn't do it. However, yeah, they should have fucking used it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> like just, I look at just it. bringing that thought back to, back to that time stone, it's like, well, you know, when you introduce these elements of like imbalance... You could think of it like a fighting game. Like yeah. when Mortal Kombat comes out, Street Fighter comes out. To be a tournament fighter, things have to be balanced. Like mm-hmm. we can't have one character railroading like every other character in the game, right? Yeah. So in this scenario, this movie required that Thanos use the stones in a way that the heroes would never use the stones. Yeah, but right? hold on. I'm going to take it back. So I there, there's a strong reason why Doctor Strange doesn't use the time stone yeah, it, I, I know exactly why I can argue this, and I don't know that you can rebut it. But basically what happens is they he doesn't use the Time Stone against fucking the Crypt Keeper, because what's the point? You've got Iron Man... Did you call him, is his name the Crypt Keeper? Close enough. 
The guy that floats around <laughs> on stuff. Damn, Big ass head goes out with the... Crypt Keeper. Anyways, they, they kill the Crypt yeah. Keeper. He's not worthy of using the Time Stone. The only one that would be worthy of using... He, do, he doesn't YOLO with the Time Stone. Sorry. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange does not use the Time Stone. Correct. Against yes. the Crypt Keeper. Correct. That is too low level of a threat. Well, no, but he's bound. He can't use it. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. What I meant was before he was bound and incapacitated. Then after the fact, he's got his Time Stone with him, right? Yeah, he's on the... Yeah. They decided to make the plan, the plan to go to the planet. And what's the first thing he does when he's on that planet? Yeah, he checks all he of He goes the through all of the scenarios. scenarios. So he's found the one scenario. And that one scenario was give him the Time Stone. So he probably went over scenarios where he used the Time Stone to try and stop it. And it didn't work. Okay. That, that's, that's, sure. that's my argument. Sure. That's when they get onto the planet. Yes. So the decision to go to the planet is still made without any consultation, which seems insane. <laughs> well, there was three of them. They're all like, all right, we're down. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. So, Let's yeah. Let's go to this it's... planet and fuck them up. <laughs> yeah, I got the time stone. It's fine. <laughs> hey, do you want to look up what the time stone is just... going to, you know, use the time stone to look up what we got to do. Hey, how did it turn out? Not good. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. Well, we're here already and we can't get off yeah, this it's planet. Like, so. I, I know how this has to play out now. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. We got it. Yeah. Just not right now. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been great with, if they were floating around in space. They'd just blown the Crypt Keeper out of the ship. Yeah. And they're like, all right, now what? And then all of a sudden they look over Dr. Strange. He's fucking in the corner doing this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus he's getting, Christ. He's getting all jittery. He's like, yeah. mm, we should probably go home. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but the, the other thing that occurs to me is that, you know, Vision has the Mind Stone. Yes. And he, uh, I don't even know what the Mind Stone does. They don't demonstrate its power, do they? Well, they do uh, in the first Avengers. That's what was in the, the Scepter. Yeah. And then so they, he can oh, take right, over yeah. his mind. So, so, yeah. So, like, it's, it's, it seems odd. Like, you know, they have, some of the, they have these stones and they're not using it. Again, these things don't ruin the movie. Yeah. But there are decisions. I feel like that, that decision, you know, the Peter Quill's reaction are equivalent of some of these, like, you know... Ridley Scott's Prometheus, where we make fun of those decisions that they make, like like Prometheus. the like like the yeah the biologist in Prometheus, like the like the organic biologist, the guy with gets, the map that didn't use the map. No, no, no. he's the map maker guy, yeah, yeah. and he gets lost with the three crazy three D map. He yeah. gets lost, which is crazy. The the biologist who is scared of an alien cadaver, which doesn't make any sense, but then says hello to a worm that you know breaks his arm and yeah. it seems like something you shouldn't touch like you know decisions and the, what characters do are I was watching this I'm like this is like they went to the school of Prometheus level of decision making like incorrect no that's nope. not disagree that's not incorrect disagree no everybody was bring doing... the time stone to Thanos that's dumb okay let's do it well, you're bringing a good weapon over to fight a battle against a guy that you're going to use the weapon against. It's yeah. just that you find out when you get there, like, fuck, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like you have this formidable weapon. It's like, why don't we just check? And, and then, then they do. And then it doesn't. They're like, ah, oh, we can't do that. That was probably the very first rally. He's like, all right, I'm going to use the time stone to go back in time and eliminate Thanos. Cool. Oh, that's the, okay. Let's go over to the next one because that didn't go. And then all of a sudden, 14 million later, he's like, got it. All right. Here's the time stone, Thanos. I'm out. No, I thought that was really dumb. And the reaction that Peter Quill has to Thanos is like another, is is the equivalent to the organic, oh, sorry, the, uh, the uh, organic whatever engineer specialist guy um, in Prometheus reaching over to the worm 
and be like, hey, Gucci, Gucci, goo, do you want something to eat? And it's like breaking his arm and crawling down his throat. Like there, I'll, I'll there are, there's, there is, there, when I was watching the movie for the first time, I noted these things as being dumb things. Yeah. But I still enjoyed it. When I watched Prometheus for the first time, I'm like, these are dumb things, but I still enjoy this movie. All right. I'll, I'll, I will con- simply concede the Peter Quill to the dick monster breaking his arm as being one to one. Right. However, there isn't a something as stupid as the map guy being like, I'm lost <laughs> in fucking Avengers anywhere. Nowhere. Uh, he had fucking balls that made a 3D map. Which is a great looking scene in that movie. Looks great. So good. Too bad the fucking map guy couldn't look at it. <laughs> it's it only dude, it only projects the map back to him. the ship. It does he can't see the map? That'd be stupid. That is. Then why isn't Idris Elba telling him where to go? Being like, all right, you need to go over here. That I can't do an Idris Elba. <laughs> I don't I'm even sorry. think he's English in that movie. I think he's like a Southern like. I couldn't tell. Too busy fucking Southern American, or whatever it was. I was going to say South American. He's not a South American character. He's an American from the South. I think you're right. It's, been a, it's a ridiculous accent. I actually didn't mind Prometheus aside from those major plot holes. Yeah. I thought I thought you were comparing this to the level oh, of Covenant. stupidity and Covenant. So there's the Covenant scene where she goes like, hey, I need to take a shower. There's an alien prowling about and he's probably going to dismember us no one, one by one, that limb stupid. for limb. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd put that up with Quill's decision no. to do that. Bring the no. stone to, ty- to, to Thanos. That's, there are things that are written in these movies to give people what they want to see. And they are written for that purpose. And that's what this is. It doesn't ruin the movie, right? It doesn't ruin it. It just it just gives you kind of what you want to see and it gives you more movie. In the end, at some point, you got to kind of be like, hey. Sir, you know, there's most way the- too much stupidity on display in Covenant to argue that fact. Everybody's dumb in Covenant. Everybody. Okay, hold on. I got a better comparison on Covenant. Bringing the Time Stone directly to Thanos and not checking anything before you get to the planet and you run the ship into the ground. But he wasn't there. What wasn't there? Thanos wasn't on the planet when they arrived. They beat Thanos to the planet. No, I understand. What I mean to say is their whole plan was to confront him, right? Yes. So to get there and not have a means of escape or not basically to go to him, Uh whether or not, like, I don't care whether he was there when they landed or not. Sure. The point is they decided to go to him and not check before they made that decision. That's the equivalent of Brilly Crudup being like, oh, well, show me what you got, David. Or not David. What's his name? The other... Gives a shit. Oh, it is David. It's David. He's like, oh. He's like, well, why don't you follow me and I'll show you what I've been doing in my lab. Okay. (laughs) He's like, hey. It's not like there's a bunch of horrendous things in your office. Oh, David. These these pictures are pretty, uh, pretty horrific. It's like, why don't you follow me into this cave and I'll show you why. It's like, okay! And he goes following down there. He's like, hey, you should look into this egg. Hey, why don't you put your head in there? Okay! <laughs> yeah, so I think I think that scene where Billy Crubb's just kind of following him and he's got this like starstruck sort of look on his face where he's like discovering new things and he's, he wants to know more, yeah. right? I'd, I'd, you know, I'd sort of make this weird nerd analogy to... Bring the, the the time stone to Thanos. It's I, a bad. It's a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. It might work out. I'm, I will. You know. It might work. He's probably well overconfident about how the time stone can work. This is the way I look at it. Like if I was Doctor Strange, I would look at it this way: is the time stone's not something to be trifled with. 
You, you that's a break in case break glass in case of emergency situation is when you use the time stone, yeah they right? land on the planet and he starts like no, no, doing no, his but, fucking but wibbly say, wobbly say Thanos, say Thanos was already on the planet they come out of that ship and, and I'm not gonna say that he shouldn't have done the fucking seizure 14 million thing before probably should've that's my boss and ass from episode that's good he probably should have done that on the ship and not on the planet after he realized Thanos wasn't there and he's like I should probably check this out but he didn't Bad writing, I guess you could say in that regard. But when he gets to the planet, that's the thing: is it, if he has enough confidence, saying I'm gonna bring the time, I can control time. What's this fucking guy gonna do? How bad can Thanos really be? He gets yeah. to the planet, he turns back time, he no problem. Problem is, is that he gets to the planet, he's like, There's no he's way not here. Is. Well, let me let me let me use this to look into the future. He goes, oh fuck, this guy's really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit. Um, <laughs> This was probably a bad idea. Yeah. What he should have done was gone back in time when they made the decision. He's <laughs> yeah, like, like, guys, guys, <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing is, I mean, if what he, do, the first Doctor Strange taught us anything is really don't mess with time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, at that, that point, he found a scenario where things are going to work out, granted at the expense of Tony Stark. Yeah. But he's like, ah, let's just let it roll. Let's. This is this is what we got to do. Sure. So, Matt, so. Got, you know, so like, I mean, another thing that comes, comes to mind, what how are we doing for time? Uh, we're like an hour 20 oh, just crack 20 yeah. so let's so, we'll, we'll wrap it up yeah let's I mean I got more to say about it but we'll we'll wrap it up we'll do it let's on another it episode let's close it up this has been the episode uh, a smattering episode if you will this is a smatter everywhere the Jackson Pollock of podcast episodes <laughs> Jesus fair enough um we have a very that- squeaky door hi Nish <laughs> Um, Anyways, that's the episode. Thank you guys very much for listening, watching, however you're taking this content in. Preferably not the rigid gear way. We'll see you guys next time. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers.